Actually, it's a story about your client, not you. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Matt Rouse. And today my guest is Vidya Ravi, and she runs the company Storybird Ads. Vidya, how are you doing today? I'm doing amazing, Matt. How are you? I'm doing well. All things considered, still a bit smoky here from the fires and stuff out on the West Coast of the United States. So before we get started, let me ask you what it is that Storybird Ads does. Storybird Ads is a Facebook ad agency. Uh, which serves clients through Facebook and Instagram ads with the power of stories. Honestly, I took a look at your website before the show and I really like the, it has sort of a storybook theme to it, right? It looks like it's an actual storybook, which I thought was really good way to stand out. Like the whole website, it has like, you know, your, your about is kind of set up like, a storybook and different pages. And yeah, I just, I thought it was really interesting, but what I wanted to get into more of is what kinds of clients do you like, what's your specialty in, in the ad world? We specialize in the expert industry, meaning coaches, course creators, and consultants. And we take a few e-coms who are original manufacturers, not drop shipping, but yeah, most of our clients are from the expert industry. And so what makes advertising different for the expert industry versus maybe the kind of direct-to-consumer type industries? The primary thing is the connection. Let's say I'm selling a bangle or an earring or any beauty product or handbag or whatever. If I'm selling anything like that, I don't need a connection with that person. I don't need a long-term relationship with that person. But if you are moving into the expert industry, that's what makes a big difference you have to actually connect with your audience in order to stand out because a product is always a product, but a service stands for that particular person's brand. So when you are in the service-based industry, which it means that you have to create that trust relationship through the ads before you sell them. And so when you're working with kind of experts and coaches and authors, that kind of thing, is there a specific process that you use to try and kind of figure out what the story is that they need to get across to their customers? Okay, so this is also another thing. Usually when I say stories, people always think like it's going to be a personal story, rags are tracks to riches, like it's not. Actually, it's a story about your client, not you. Okay, so have you heard about the timeline thing? Like yeah, the timeline is that is your entire age, like is your entire years of existence. And there is some parts of your timeline where you can directly connect with your audience. Like, okay, so when I went to school, this happened and the audience connects with you. And it's not your usually a personal story. It's, it just needs an emotional connection point. And as I said, it definitely need not be a client story at all. It can just start with what the client understands about their audience in terms of their ideal client avatar, right? So when they understand it, they know where this person is struggling, where they are emotionally lost. So that's where our story starts. So making an emotional connection. Exactly. So what are some of the experts that you've worked with that you've had good results for? That's a big question. We have a lot of <laughs> we have a lot of success stories. I, I'm not sure, but if you check my 
page or profile in facebook or in if you check out my website we have tons of stats and testimonials all the time so we have a huge success success percentage we have around like 95% success rates with clients for the past two years so that's a pretty huge rate when we compare it with other agencies so to exactly name a few we have this one client who's named John Clark he's a therapist and he's selling courses and masterminds to other other people so he actually spent $2600 on ad spend and made $110,000 in revenue wow that's really good so that's again like i guess more than 47x ros so that's one client and uh, we have another client whose name is perry and he's again he is a business coach and if you know about the coaching industry it, you also know that it's a very very you know highly targeted niche like it's so crowded so when he came to us we had around like 30% close rates on calls so and he's selling a $25000 mastermind so when he started with us in 3 months he he was closing at 80% on cold audience on a high ticket just for anybody who may not know cold audience is is somebody who has never heard of the person or the brand before yeah versus like a warm audience is somebody who's maybe seen some of their information stuff like that before what is the the I, I mean I don't need you to give away all your trade secrets kind of thing, <laughs> but what is that kind of secret sauce that allows coaches and and experts to connect with people through ads? Because I know that's not people's first reaction is oh I want to connect with someone through an advertisement. Yeah, they don't, uh, and that's why we don't ask for clients for suggestions. We take care of it ourselves. <laughs> so it's just more you know hey we need all these details filled out and we take it completely from there. We don't need the you know we don't usually look suggestions or advice from the clients we just take it on our own and as you said yes there are a lot of secret sauces but some of the best are we always have a warm up sequence but our cold audiences we we don't believe in warming people up with thousands of dollars before they actually make even the smallest commitment like putting their email id in we don't believe in it but once they put their email id or once they actually listen to the podcast or once they do something that is more committed than just watching a few minutes of their video I don't need that. I don't need 3 second video views or something from their audience. I need some level of commitment from them. Once they do that, we warm them up like crazy. We just keep showing up their personal stuff. We just keep them like it's more like looking into your feed. If I am in your news feed, like if I am friends with you on Facebook and you show up on my news feed, I wouldn't think you are spamming me. right because you would you would do all kind of posts like probably it's about your daughter or son or probably it's about your own business or probably it's about your success stories probably it's about your weather or the fires like it it just keeps coming in right and that's how the warm up happens they feel like they are actually part of the process in their news feed it's not like ads not every ad needs a you know sale as a target it the sales automatically happens when you have a proper relationship so this is kind of more of the kind of marketing term that i've heard around that before is stepping like the first baby step is like just making sure that you know they've heard of the person and then it's trying to get some kind of subscription or commitment or something to get them friend them on facebook or whatever that commitment is follow them on instagram or something and then 
you know, some higher level of subscription, maybe an email subscription and kind of going through like a funnel sequence, right? Yeah, and we have a 90 days three tag remarketing sequence. We don't leave people if they are not converting in seven days or 30 days. We completely set them up for 90 days and we show them different ads for every five days or every 10 days. So they always feel like, you know, they are not you know, selling them. It's more like whatever you need. Right. So there's some kind of frequency capping in there to make sure they're not just getting hit with ads like four times a day. Yeah, that's always there. And uh, that's also why we are actually, we keep refreshing the ads like every five days. They are not viewing the same ads for the entire 90 days, like ever. They never see the same ad. Now, have you seen a better result by doing multiple layers of retargeting, like different ads at different times versus just having maybe a whole group of ads for Facebook to pull from and saying, send this to them for the next 90 days. Are you guys specifically setting them up in an order? Yes, we specifically set them up in an order. I think there's a good a good lesson there for companies who are running advertising with retargeting. For starters, if you're not retargeting, you should be using retargeting. Just let you know that. If you're a business and you're not using retargeting, you need to get on that train. But the other thing that you need to get on is lookalike audiences, but we'll talk about that on another show. All right. So everybody who does retargeting sets a time, a time frame. Like they're like, they imagine that the person is just about to buy something and they say, okay, well, I'm going to remind them every day for the next seven days. Yeah. Right. And then they never retarget them ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Now that system does work somewhat. It will get the people who are teetering on the edge, but that's a very small percentage of people. Yeah. Because like, See, personally, I just, I'm hit with a lot of ads too. And like you do, right? So yes, we have uh, have that frequency. Like, yes, people usually convert during the first seven days higher than the other days. But there is also a number where usually people convert at 7, 30 and 70 days. Okay, so the 10 days capacity is higher and the 30 days capacity is much higher. And we also can have people converting at 70 days. So we always have these buyers during those days so we always set an intentional targeting during those days to cts to call to actions to specific call to actions other days we just warm them up with other kind of posts have you done retargeting beyond 90 days i think you can go 180 yeah right? we can but usually after 90 days we set up email sequences not hats so that's for you know getting people to subscribe at some point so that you can run the email which is Obviously, a lot cheaper than running ads. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I really like the point about the, we call it multi-stage retargeting is is the fancy terminology we came up for that. And so that's, we often use that in e-commerce while we'll do like kind of an abandoned cart recovery for a few days. And then if it's beyond that few days, then we're going to show product video and stuff for a few more days. If it's beyond that, we kind of do more of a branding level and our company, we do Facebook advertising also, you know, we do all kinds of advertising, but we generally work with our, our e-commerce brands that are B2B is kind of our thing. So we have a different market than Storybird Ads has. Are there certain things about kind of your expert story that you're trying to highlight when you're doing the advertising or is it more of like you're just looking through the media that they already have created trying to, you know, pick out the good stuff like how does that work how do you decide what to show people it's both usually it's both we always are 
cautious that we need to be using both because sometimes yes they whatever they have is really good and we need to be making use of it because it's no use if i mean we are making it waste but we also come up with a, a few stuff because we need to actually there are certain angles people forget when they are clients there are certain messages they didn't that they don't tell they or they forget to tell or they don't want to tell but we want to test out both all to be frank and uh, quite frankly i would love to risk testing everything even as long as the clients feel comfortable with our messaging so if the messaging that we test really works then we change the sales pages accordingly so whatever we put on the ads it needs to, it will start reflecting on the pages after some time so we test messaging we don't guess messaging we test it straight put into the audience test it then change the landing pages accordingly so we are not actually going after one particular segment of the audience and just trying to figure it out why they are not liking us so i would rather spend time figuring different audiences and testing out different landing pages than sticking with just one page and trying to make it convert and you know bashing my head against something so <laughs> that's true so one thing that i saw on your blog when i was looking up was you were talking about ad approvals and you guys get your ads approved every time i know that's a really big thing in the industry right now especially for companies who are doing uh, Facebook ads themselves. I mean, somebody messages me at least a couple times a week saying they got their ad account uh, disabled. So the Facebook approval system and, you know, what's allowed and what's not allowed for the terms of service on Facebook is kind of a moving target. And a lot of times they don't even tell you what those things are. So how do you kind of guarantee that you can get ads approved? Is it just you're trying to avoid using any of the terminology and stuff that Facebook doesn't agree with, or is it more based around content testing? Both policy violations is not something that I'm actually, you know, I don't want to risk it because as much as I would love to actually test all the messaging and content, we don't want any claims or any of the policies that Facebook actually newly invents. Yes, we sometimes learn it when they actually disapprove that, you know, there is a new policy that came in, which we like, wow. When that, when did that happen? Like, you know, right? Yeah, there's no other way to know so, until they disapprove something. Yeah, yeah. So when that happens, we always put it in a sheet to say, like, okay, so this is the new new policy that came in, guys. We we always inform our copywriters and designers, so they are pretty aware of what's working and what's not working in the policies end of things. But also the other one is, as long as you lead with a story in the expert industry, you should be fine. If you lead with the promise, then that's the thing that usually gets you on the risk end of things. But I think we always lead with the story. So yes, probably I, it was a bold promise when I said like we, our ads are always getting approved, but that's what happens. Uh, well, our ads always get approved. And even if it's disapproved, we always get it approved back because we don't leave the ads without getting, you know, if it gets it's approved, our first task would be to get it approved without move before moving into the other testing opportunities. So the account relevancy and the customer score, like 
they are all the customer feedback ko they we want all the all of them to be in a good mesh metric before we actually start scaling that account because i know when we start scaling i think we both know that when we start scaling you know things are going to hit you now pretty rock bottom sometimes and we want to make sure that the accounts are in a safe and if we need to scale and start testing multiple ways so that's the primary priority and i guess it's the second one is more about the experience we just got really good at getting it approved i guess i think the reason that ads that i see that small businesses have a lot of times they give up you know they say oh well i i tried to make like 10 ads and none of them got approved so i'm just facebook stupid whatever and they just don't do it but they also don't think anyone else can get them approved and usually it's the verbiage that they're using is why it's getting disapproved And they just don't understand that. Another thing that people don't understand is that when Facebook says no, that's like the first no. (laughs) Yeah. You can get a lot of no's before you get a yes. I mean, I had an ad in the real estate space, which is super tough, right? Because we do a lot of work with people who sell things to like real estate agents, mortgage people and that kind of stuff. Man, like anything with the word real estate in it just immediately gets disapproved. It doesn't even matter if it it was like the perfect Facebook ad, it still gets disapproved because it says real estate. Because Facebook's algorithm automatically flags anything that it thinks might be under the Fair Housing Act rules in the United States anyway. And I think they've expanded that to Canada and some other countries too. So when when the system automatically disapproves it, then you have to go in and request for it to get approved again. And that still is going to just be another algorithm that like even a person hasn't even looked at it yet. And if that still gets disapproved, then you have to, if you're an agency, you can go through VIP support. And then you can have a real person review the ad, which is the most likely way to get it approved again. But that's not always open to everyone. And and some of the, I believe that access to the level of support access you get is dependent on how much ad spend you control. Like if you don't have enough, if you haven't spent what Facebook considers to be enough money on ads, which is generally in the tens of thousands, then the button doesn't even show up for people to click it. So you don't even have the option to contact VIP ad support. So anyways, that's interesting about ad approval. Let me ask you this. If somebody wants to, if they are in the expert space and they want to talk to you about Facebook advertising, what is the best way for them to reach out to you? They can go to my website, storybirdads.com, and there will be a book call link and uh, they can talk to me. And of course, I'm available on Facebook. Nice. We'll have that in the show notes too at hookseo.com slash podcast. You can always get the links in there or on your podcast provider. It should be right underneath the episode. Vidya, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah. Thank you so much, Matt, for having me here. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.